My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 7. Solo. Journal Entry. Last night I discovered a perfect white fluff ball of feathers roosting in a smaller tree at the base of my tree. My roommate for the night, a chin spot batis. I like this idea. You go to bed at night. I roost. Living in a tree you don't look up at birds. You're at eye level with them. Black-headed orioles, orange-breasted bushrikes, all so uniquely themselves. In the heat of the day, I saw two African hawk eagles dancing in the breeze. A few questions that have been coming to me. Why am I here? Why have I always known I must come and live in this tree? Why must I track solo? What in me longs for it so? What do you know you must do, though you have no rational reason to? Here is an insight. Out here, <laughs> I do one thing at a time. Just do one thing at a time. I cannot suggest it strongly enough as a way to radically increase the quality of your life. And I suspect with discipline, it could deeply improve the quality of your closest relationships. So if you're into being present, I would give it a try. After seven days, I am more hardy. I'm sun-touched slash burnt. I smell wild. My spirit feels less governed. Last night I was taken, and I use that word in particular, taken by the impulse to dance around the fire. I sang and danced, and I will say that you were with me. I have five weeks alone to go. In the morning I found the tracks of a pride of lions moving north from a dry watercourse called the Manyaleti. The Shangan names of places here seem to have code in them. Manyaleti, Shimpalampala, Maliliwan. The sound of them should help you understand the feeling of this terrain they call the bushveld. I decoded the pattern of the tracks, clearly a pride made up of females and cubs of two ages, very young ones and some that were already say a year or two old, size of tracks tells the story. With young cubs present I must be especially aware. A large male was also with them and walked behind the pride and then left them cutting east on some solo mission. The tracks had no night traffic of other small game on top of them. 
and this speaks to the pride's passage, probably just at first light, while I was still back at my camp brewing coffee. I began to follow. There is a unique feeling to following the pride of predators alone, a certain kind of alertness. When you're tracking solo, you must do a lot of things well. Your tracking should be sufficiently good that you are not trying to track. And I mean this in the same way that you are not trying to drive your car. Tracking is simply happening. In this way, you are able to be aware, scanning the terrain up ahead. Now you are self-reliant. In danger, there is nowhere to turn except to yourself. And if you encounter danger from the lions, like so many things in life, the outcome will largely be dictated by the quality of your reaction. Here are a few additional notes on this for lions and probably for life. React slowly. Do not run. Do not panic. Condition yourself in advance for presence. To me, this process of conditioning in advance comes out of analysis of previous encounters and also in-detail visualization of dangerous moments in advance, repeatedly, kind of like a sportsman might uh, before a big game in order to create neurological grooves of reaction. In the initial phase of a close encounter, I have trained myself to breathe out slowly as a way to interrupt the reaction and the physiological response. With aggressive lions, as with people, you are in a conversation that is communicated largely with energy and via body language. Be steady, strong, present. Aggressive only if necessary. You may have occasion where you have to shout at the animal and open to yielding for a harmonious outcome. With lions, this usually means standing your ground, then moving backwards. Lions do not want to mindlessly eat you. They want their space. However, if you react wrong, they will kill you out of instinct. The general rule is have respect, be humble, and leave all your bravado and ego at home, for certainly on a long enough timeline it will get you killed in the wild. Not that this is a mindlessly dangerous pursuit, not at all. A good tracker makes himself and the animals he tracks safe with skill and awareness, good decisions, understanding of freshness, of tracks and again humility. The goal at high levels should be to see the lions before they see you, establish their position, and leave without being seen. And just for those who might recently be joining, here at Londolozi we track lions to show them to people on photographic safaris. So I'm not talking about hunting lions here. I don't know why I must follow, but I want to follow. I think it has something to do with the fact that a tracker has a nature like a mountain climber or a fighter, or those who feel compelled towards something. A tracker must follow. It's a form of self-expression, an art into which you can become infinitely better, an art into which, alone and in step with the trail of a wild animal, you can merge into an almost perfect flow. Trackers must also solo, as pilots must at a certain point fly alone. Why did I come to this tree? Trackers must know, alone, unsupported by other trackers, that they can find their quarry. It's a knowing that must be internally established. No one can give it to you. So to truly inhabit the archetype of the tracker, you must follow solo. 
on a track alone, there can be a purity of self-expression. I never feel more myself than when following a trail laid by an animal. This may be what so many of us long for, to fully express ourselves in our art form or in our lives. You only need to look at Bruce Springsteen to understand this. The difference being, to the soloist, the purity is that there is no one else around to see it. Like now, the lions cut across a clearing. They have bumped the dew off the grass, so there are little dewless trails through sparkling wet grass, showing where they walked. I follow them onto a game path. Here the pride goes into single file, and the ground is a mash of lion feet. I glance at the ground, then I bring my eyes up to scan the terrain ahead. I check the thick grass under bushes, foreground, far ground. I listen. The lions exit the game path onto a sandy clearing, and here they lay, lay down. I see imprints of lion bodies. There is some challenge as the cubs have played and tracks go in every direction. Then the pride gets up to move. The tracks are now very fresh and I walk a tight circle to establish the direction again. While the lions have rested here, I have closed the distance on them. I feel I must be very close now. But so is the boundary to the Londolozi Reserve. If they cross the boundary, I cannot follow onto the neighboring land. I quicken my pace. For a moment, I think of my childhood hero, Richard Sowella. Sowella was perhaps one of the greatest soloist trackers to ever live. He was a leopard-following specialist, understanding the way a leopard moved with almost mystical power. His presence at Londolozi was instrumental in establishing it as the best place in the world to see leopards in the wild. He was a meticulous man in appearance, judgmental and aloof by nature, and he carried himself with the superiority of the superior. Once when I was a young photographic safari guide, I was with him on foot when he tracked a leopard so fast across difficult terrain that I was running to keep up with him. He found it and we were able to take our clients to see it. On many days when all other trackers had lost a trail of a leopard, he would go back to the last tracks alone in the midday heat when others lay beaten in cool rooms back at the camp. He would refuse help, food or water and we would wait. We would wait for a call we knew would come. Six hours later, the radio would crackle and he would radio the position of a leopard he had found. And down the airways would come his regular ref refrain, Soela is number one, he would claim his status. Now I approach the boundary fast. All I can hope for is for some strange reason the lions turn back. They walk along the boundary road for a time as if to tease me and then they cross. Today I've been beaten by the boundary but I'm joyful to have been inside my art form. It's not lost on me that I'm comfortable with lions and not with all parts of myself. I guess we work where we're strong for the confidence to work where we're flimsy. I'm interested in developing personal range. I have no truck with intensity or edge. But the ability to let more life into my heart is for sure a trail worth following. We men stronger in the broken place, as Hemingway said. But if we're lucky, 
you may be men softer too. I'm tracking. I don't know what I'm getting at yet. But I suspect it has something to do with what the enigmatic genius morphine addict Eugene Marais called purposeful action towards an unknown purpose. Homing towards something of which there is no conscious reasoning or mental picture. This, in some ways, is the instinctual art of becoming. I will leave you today with another story of the homing instinct in a young pygmy boy who was taken from his home. The story goes like this. A boy of about 14 was taken a roundabout journey of approximately 280 miles by road and rail to a new home, which, because of an intervening big mountain range, was in fact no more than 40 miles away from his starting point. He had never been any distance away from his original home, and certainly he knew nothing of the surrounding country. Shortly after his, uh, shortly after his arrival, he set out in the night and reached his old, old home two days later. His track was followed, and it was found that his route was nearly as straight a line as the nature of the country would permit. It seemed an impossible performance. Careful questioning elicited no information other than the constant, repeated refrain. I did not know where my home was. I ran away because I wanted to go home. I did not know where my home was. I ran away because I wanted to go home. 4-0. Out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.